We sometimes see people acting in ways that just don't make sense. They act in a way that maybe they're mean, maybe they're impatient. They're just acting funny. And we say, that just doesn't make sense. Why would you do that? Oftentimes, most of the time, if not all the time, it's just we say it doesn't make sense because we don't know the rest of the story. We don't know their lives, what they're going through, what's behind the scenes. And so we say that doesn't make sense. And maybe we judge. I had a chance to learn this lesson, at least a small taste of learning this lesson uh, growing up in school. There was someone who tended to be a bully in class and Myself and the classmates just wrote him off as, oh, this guy just likes to be mean. He just likes to make other people upset, and he's just being a bully. And one day, a very kind teacher helped me to open my eyes a little bit and see, look, this, this young man, he, he doesn't get picked up by his parents, you might notice. He, that's, you know, his father. I later found out his father's not in the picture. His mom is in and out of rehab, and he doesn't have siblings. He's hard. can't make friends. And so he, has, he, he acts out in this way. He acts out in this way that is not good. It's, it's harmful, but... It's, be, it's from a place of brokenness, in this, this difficult place at home. And seeing that, understanding that, it's a lot easier to be patient then with this young man. And so often we are shown the rest of the story, the greater context, and how, ah, okay, now it makes sense. Abraham and Isaac, the sacrifice, or the almost sacrifice of Isaac, here is a story that is hard to make sense of. It's a paradox that here our Lord, our God, promises to Abraham to give him a son and to bring a people from him. And then, a moment later, he says, okay, now you have to sacrifice that son. You have to kill him. So not only is he backing out on his promise, it seems, but he's asking to do such a horrible thing, a, a, a terrible thing to, to kill your own son. And this story is distressing. It's disturbing. It's a paradox and has haunted the minds of, well, the Jewish people since, since it was written. In fact, it is a story so strange that it can only be made sense of in light of the New Testament, in the context of Jesus Christ. He is the rest of the story. And without him, this disturbing story of Abraham and Isaac just cannot be made sense of. But with Jesus Christ in mind, when we realize from the beginning God has intended to send his son to die in our stead, to be sacrificed for us, ah, then it makes sense. Abraham and Isaac is just pointing to that truth, to the reality of the Son of God sacrificed for our sakes. In our own lives, all of us sometimes doubt that God's will for us, God's plan for us makes sense. We question, why do I have to endure the suffering, Lord? Why, what, what point is that? What point is there to this pain or to the sins that can't be shaken? Our Lord wishes to encourage us this morning, I suggest, with the readings we're given by the church. He wants to remind you and me that he knows the rest of the story and that it's a happy ending. It's a good ending. We're in good hands. So let's look at the gospel passage, primarily this transfiguration scene. Our Lord is transfigured before three of the apostles, but it's important, very important to know what happened just before this transfiguration scene. Jesus was talking to his apostles just before taking them up the mountain. He's telling them, he's telling Peter and James and John and the others, he's saying, if you're going to be my disciples, it's going to be hard. 
He says, I, Jesus, have to die and be raised. Not only that, you, apostles and disciples, have to take up your own crosses, and it's going to be hard. And the apostles, of course, reject it. No way, Lord, no way is that going to happen. That doesn't make sense. No way. So they reject it because they don't know the whole story. They only see this little chapter. And so Jesus doesn't just let them to their own devices. No, he, he says, okay. In the very next scene, he takes three of them and leads them up this mountain, and there, if you will, gives them a glimpse of the ending. He gives them a glimpse of the glory that is to come to encourage them to take their crosses patiently and with perseverance. He transfigures before them as if to say, here is the rest of the story. You can't see it all perfectly, but here's a glimpse. Don't lose hope. This this beautiful transfiguration that you see is what you are called to become, and it will all make sense in time. Please don't give up. Endure your crosses and trust me, Jesus is saying to them and to us this morning. He's telling us the same thing, asking us to hang in there and trust him, which is another word for love. Love him. Trust that he knows best. Trust him by letting go of trying to make perfect sense of everything in life and our faith. Trust him by letting go of our attachment to this life and all we have in it, for truly it is all God's at the end of the day. We are not in control, but that is okay. That's okay, because as Paul says so beautifully in that second reading, God is on our side. We are in good hands. And if God is for us, indeed, who can be against us?